0: It seems that the Fast Saga is not only going to complicate things even more with the resurgence of Han and the introduction of Jacob Toretto, but presents some obstacles our Fast crew may not be able to overcome, and without the aid of Deckard Shaw and Agent Hobbs, our crew is, and I quote, going in shorthanded. While Cypher was able to temporarily lure Dom to her aid, he was able to outsmart her and took out most if not all of her team, which makes three takedowns for Toretto. Factoring in that this installment is the start of a new trilogy, I think the Fast family will, not should, lose this outing, or at least not gain the upper hand. We figure that Dominic won't kill his own brother, whether they're blood or not. And if Han is revealed to be a product of Edion, Edeon, and is unleashed, our team will definitely try to restrain him, but couldn't deal the final death blow. Mark Anthony Kay, who was on the last episode, mentioned that it looks like Cypher is conversing with Jacob from a pretty secure prison cell, which is likely part of her plan. Could be something to do with its location, perhaps she has something arranged beforehand so she can still operate from the cell, or wants all eyes on Jacob so she can continue with her plan without any interference she may very well be on the sidelines in this one. Mark also hinted that Jacob may be a product of eating much like Brixton. So if Jacob was killed at some point, it makes sense why Dom has never spoken of him before. So he'll react much like Decker did when Brixton resurfaced in the Hobbs and Shaws I think Cypher will be able to complete her plan, whether it's new or completing the device from the previous chapters. The family gathering in the Super Bowl trailer definitely seemed like a final scene moment, much like in Fast and Furious 6. But it's probably short-lived, as they obviously recruit Sean, Earl, Twinkie, and whomever is in between Ramsey and Tej, as they likely go after Cypher or Jacob in 10. So while our crew is safe, they may also have been ordered to stand down, As at some point this chapter takes us to outer space, where Cypher may be hiding. But we're still not sure what Owen Shaw has been up to since the finale of The Fate of the Furious, which showed him aiding his brother and rescuing little Brian. Clearly he wasn't still in with Cypher, as he said to Deckard, Give Cypher my regards. But he's still likely going after Dominic, if not his entire crew, no matter where his brother stands. Owen could have tracked down Cypher after eights, even during the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff, and she could have talked her way out of everything and even lured him back in. Something has to set up 10 and possibly 11. I'm thinking a direct sequel in which our fast crew goes to war with each other as Han targets Deckard and whomever is defending him, which could also be part of Cypher's plan. So Deckard left Hobbs for dead Blew up the infamous 1327 house trying to kill Dom and his family. And of course left Han for dead. Now, we know how he's patched things up with Dom and Hobbes in different ways. But perhaps the Fast family won't mention Deckard's actions at all to Han. In Fast and Furious 9. To avoid a confrontation. While it doesn't look like Hobbes nor Deckard aren't Fast 9. Things will certainly come to light. At least the 10th installment. Shaw made amends in some ways, but unless he saves Han in the upcoming installments, his redemption in this instance may not fare so easily. Also, I think Owen will be a target, as it was his team in Furious 6 that saw the loss of Giselle. Now, Han was already familiar with Owen because of that installment, but Deckard's actions will have to be brought up to him at some point. His return definitely changes things but who knows how forgiving he will be, nor understanding, despite everything leading back to Cypher. Who knows the relationship between Dom and Jacob. Could be that they had a falling out, some disagreements, or the loss of their father caused a rift, so they went their separate ways. Now, if it's purely competitive, perhaps that's how Cypher is able to pit Jacob against the fast crew. But if there's no real hate between them, then Cypher could lure him in like she did with Dom in The Fate of the Furious. That way, Jacob wouldn't be able to tell Dom what's really going on, that she would have eyes and ears on him the entire time. And who knows who that crew belongs to, shown throughout the trailer with Jacob. He may be the type who works alone, but is now thrown in the mix with her new squad. Also, consider how Dom outsmarted Cypher in AIDS, with the necklace being used to track her location. He was able to leave it without anyone suspecting anything. So what if before the events of Nine, he reaches out to his long lost brother and asks him to make some noise to attract her attention. So while she believes she is recruiting him to track down and kill Dom, plus get whatever gear or tech she needs, he's really infiltrating her organization. But our heroes can't win every altercation. It may end up costing Jacob his life, unless that chair in between Mia and Tej at the family gathering at 1327 is for him. Now, if Cypher does have some dirt on Jacob, I'm sure it'll be revealed at some point, and could cause even more problems for our crew. Our Fast family has tried to retire more than once, but with each new chapter, they're lured back into the game. While Brian O'Connor is very much alive in the Fast and Furious universe, his send-off at the end of Furious 7 didn't suggest he'd be back for upcoming installments. While it wasn't the last time he'd see everyone, we likely won't see that on screen. Of course they'll all visit, but I don't see Brian returning for any reason. Now, I'm not ruling it out, but if they do bring him back for a cameo, or even a full-on role in 9, 10, or 11, I think it diminishes that beautiful goodbye we saw at the end of Seven. I know people have their differences when it comes to Paul Walker's legacy regarding this matter, but I think they did a great job completing his character's role, you know, with the CG overlay and unused footage from previous installments. So using him again may cause more upset, not only because of his legacy, but again, considering his departure from the Fast Life in Seven. I see Mia telling Dom why Brian didn't come along in the Fast Saga, as he understood this mission is something personal with her brother Jacob resurfacing. Plus, he could watch their two kids, even little Brian. So while I don't think we'll see Brian again, despite that song lyric, we'll for sure hear about him. Considering Lynn didn't direct Seven, which was Paul's final Fast roll, I imagine he has something special in store for us. Could be saving it until the end of Eleven. I think unused footage wouldn't upset the masses. That may be the best approach to using him again. Since it was already filmed, they can just edit around it. But I would love to know what you think. Because, as you've heard, I'm pretty divided on this. Because it'd be great to see him, but it's like... You know, you consider how they're going to do it. There's a full CG model even if they use his brothers again, put Paul's face on their faces digitally. So leave comments below, and there's a link to leave a voice message. I'll for sure touch on this again, because I kind of go back and forth on everything. So if you'd like to contribute, you know what to do. It was bad enough we didn't even get a glimpse of the race between Dominic Toretto and the new DK Sean Boswell. But I understand that was a timing decision. 37 7 was packed with a lot of different action and set pieces and had to keep moving. While it was great to see Sean again, a lot of us were disappointed he was only in that one scene right after their off-screen race. But they made do with what time they had to work with as he had other commitments which is why we didn't see him in any of the fate of the Furious. But after looking at this scene closer there are some big continuity issues I would call mistakes. I know they had to cleverly sync up some things like items, but it doesn't hit the mark. Firstly, the scene begins right after the race, as Sean mentions the outcome. Therefore, Dom wouldn't have mentioned Deckard or that Han was killed intentionally. Sean would have grown furious after learning that, something that would have worked better. Because from Sean's point of view, that silver bullet came out of nowhere and collided with Han's car, an accident in his eyes. Unless, while they were racing, Dom yelled, Hey, Han was targeted by someone called Deckard. It was no accident, which I highly doubt. So when we hear Sean say, when you find the guy who killed Han, it doesn't match up. A simple few lines of dialogue could have patched that up second has to do with Sean giving Dom the items he retrieved from the crash site. Now while it's possible he went back later to get the items, it doesn't seem likely the necklace and photo of Giselle would have been left there, even if the items were scattered. You'd think the police or CSI would have gathered those, but again, I understand they did this to get the necklace back to Dom, and while it's not the worst of these, there are ways around it. I think they could have come up with some more clever and convincing ways of doing this. I wonder what Justin Lin thought of the scene, if he felt it served its purpose or left some loose ends. I kind of wish he had directed just that scene. James Wan did a fantastic job with the movie, but this needed Lin's touch for sure. Third, again, I understand Lucas Black wasn't able to film more but I still wanted his character to insist on helping Dom track down Deckard, as Han was family to both of them. Him asking, when you find the guy who killed Han, what are you gonna do? A good line, but not fitting for Boswell. And since Lucas couldn't actually commit to more scenes, instead have Dom request he stay put, keep a lookout for Shaw. He could send Sean info like pictures and known associates. And it was so early on that Dom didn't know if Deckard was working alone. That way Sean and crew could target him if he was still in Tokyo. Even though Sean was to stay in Tokyo with his dad, the reality of Han's death would have overshadowed any responsibilities. I wonder if Juan actually filmed the race scene between Dom and Sean, and that the studio wanted to cut for runtime reasons. Would be an awesome deleted scene. Maybe Lin should deliver it as a digital extra or on the extras for Fast and Furious 9? I first ruled it out when I saw the video title on YouTube, as I figured Han wouldn't be on Edeon's radar. But after watching Hobbs and Shaw, it's clear that Han's file would link him to Luke Hobbs, whom the Edeon director is seeking revenge on. So they could rebuild Han much like they did with Brixton, but Han won't be unleashed until 10, when we are reintroduced to Hobbs and Deckard. So I'm thinking he'll infiltrate our Fast family, which benefits Cypher as she's still seeking revenge on Dominic Toretto, then get someone to reach out to Hobbs, which maybe Han will do that, saying he needs his help, and then ambush him. While Han will likely have the same, if not more, enhancements as Brixton, it won't be obvious to anyone, as he won't see his eyes light up or anything. He'll likely wipe his memory, so when Dom asks how he survived the crash and explosion, he'll just say something like, I don't know, I just remember waking up in a hospital bed, which Edeon staged after they rebuilt him. I think we'll feel really bad for Han as he returns unaware of what Edeon did to him not knowing he actually died in that vehicle explosion, and that the man responsible for that has made amends with the Fast family. But the real heartbreaker, or more sadness, comes into play when Edeon activates him to their advantage, at which he takes on our crew. They'll likely find out that he has no idea what's happening to him, but also have to put a stop to his actions while trying to save their brother. Tokyo Drift, the first spin-off, actually bridged the future of the franchise with that cameo from Dominic Toretto at the end. Something that set up not only future installments, but a very bankable franchise that has gone to a whole nother level time and time again. While it focused on an entirely new crew, it delivered a very riveting, fast-paced installment that has become more respected and favorited since its debut in 2006. With 2019's Hobbs and Shaw, it wasn't hard to dive into this chapter, as we were already familiar with the two leads, which helps as we could focus on developing new characters. I like that our team uses Leo and Santos whenever they really need them, but I'd like to see a spin-off with those guys. could take place some time in between one of the new trilogy installments, perhaps create another bridge like Hobbs and Shaw did with Edion should play a role at 9 10 or 11. If they're back in LA near the 1327 house maybe link up with Hector, Jesse, Leon you know recruit them for a good job. Would you like to see some new or different racing styles introduced to the mainstream audiences like 50? It sounds like Hobbs and Shaw 2 is in the works but that may not be the case rather a diversion as uh, I think these guys may both meet their fates in this new trilogy. With Edeon, Cypher, Han, and maybe Jacob on their tails, there are definitely going to be some losses this time. Some permanent. Well, we'll see. While I wouldn't at all mind a second outing from these guys, I think other spin-offs could reintroduce us to characters like Leo and Santos, Hector, Jesse, and so on. But also, you could introduce some new faces that will have no ties to this current franchise. Eleven is reported to be the final installment in this franchise, so I imagine they wouldn't want to veer off the path during or in between the final three chapters, but rather do so afterwards. Fans seem to be intrigued by Mama Shaw. Perhaps a Shaw family spinoff could give us more of a glimpse into the relationship between Owen, Deckard, Mama, and wherever Papa Shaw is. Sounds like a pizza place, huh? Showing Deckard having to take out Brixton. And the fateful meeting between Owen and Cypher. Plus Deckard going on the run. With the success of this franchise, who knows if the studio wants to repeat it. Or slowly build the spin-off franchise. With the hopes of creating another one, but on its own terms and not. Maybe delivering multiple spin-offs not linked to anything or anyone. Then find a subtle way to combine them to create a new crew-based franchise that travels the globe. What would you like to see? More prequels, sequels, in-betweenquels? Or straight spin-offs? How about a direct sequel to Tokyo Drift? Well, I was putting this episode off until after the big game in case we got another spot or trailer. I was betting we wouldn't since they spent that money on last year's Super Bowl spot, but since the movie was delayed, we got some awesome footage this year and it doesn't disappoint. Sometimes you get a rehash of stuff you've already seen, but this opened with something I was thinking about right before it dropped. I was gonna talk about the future of the infamous 1327 house, which was blown up by Decker in Furious 7. The first trailer for Fast 9 showed Dom and Letty living outside the city life, likely retired, for the meantime. But we get a glimpse of what looks like the ending of the movie. Now, I watch the scene again and again to see who all was at the family table. We see Han and Sean hug. Then at the table we see Ramsey, Tej, Roman, Mia, of course Dom, Letty, and their little Brian. And did you catch Twinkie? He was sitting on Sean's side along with Earl, who was in the first trailer with Sean, helping the guys at a rocket car. So it's pretty sweet, they're all together. But I didn't recognize the guys sitting next to Tej on his right. And we see where Dom and Letty are sitting, but notice the empty seat next to Mia. At first I was thinking maybe Brian is going to be there, and that they would incorporate a full CG model of him, but to honor Paul's legacy, Maybe we'd see him enter from nearby as the camera zooms out from a distant wide shot. So we know it's him, but we leave it at that. Have one of his brothers perform the walk and sit down next to Mia. But just something short and sweet like that. However, I don't think that'll be the case since Mia is without her kids. So I'm sticking to my original idea of having Brian stay at home with the kids, including little Brian. Which fits the story as Mia and Dahl are facing their brother, who he has never met. But who do you think that seat is for? And while it's a heartwarming image, I think things will get dark and furious in Chapter 10. Now I wonder if that seat is for Jacob? Maybe Deckard will cameo at the end? Picture this. He sits down, and there's some definite awkward silence and looks at the table. As no one wants Han to learn, this is the guy who tried to kill him amongst others. Han and him raise their beers to acknowledge one another, and with Dom and Letty looking at each other in discomfort, the Mia locks eyes with Dom, shaking her head no. It's nice to see the house being rebuilt, but since this is the first entry of another trilogy, how much time will our crew spend there? Although honor and agreement would keep some people away after a loss. I don't think we've seen the last of the former DK, Takashi. Losing the race at the end would only infuriate him more, and leaving temporarily would enable him to rebuild his crew and return with a vengeance. With Han resurfacing in the Fast Saga, they could keep his return a secret, as Takashi left him for dead after the collision in Tokyo Drift, and likely assumed he was a goner. But that leaves Sean wide open for a surprise attack, And with the backing of Dallman crew, it could be an all-out war that spans the globe. Considering what little we know about Takashi, he and Han could be related for all we know, amongst other connections in the Fast universe. I would like to see a direct sequel to Tokyo Drift, once they're done with this new trilogy starting with Fast 9. How about the fast and nefarious Tokyo Drifters? No matter when or where, I'd like to see Furious Takashi resurface. Well, time will tell if its current delayed release date will hit theaters in late May, at least during the States. But I wouldn't mind if it were released on a streaming platform. While I would love to experience this on the big screen, it's not really necessary, or at least not something that decides if I will see it or not. I'll totally watch it on Prime, Netflix, or HBO Max, etc. I know there's a lot to consider when it comes to a return on the studio's investment, and I'm no expert when it comes to the cost of renting theaters via selling directly to a streaming service, but if they would have to push the release date again, maybe it's best to just sign an exclusive deal with one of the mentioned platforms to distribute it. Otherwise, 10 will keep getting pushed back. It seems like the studio is back on track to release one Fast and Furious movie a year, with Hobbs & Shaw in 2019, then Fast 9 scheduled for release in April of last year, but the pandemic changed that. Even if it's able to premiere in May, what if most theaters have limited capacity? Compared to streaming at home, they may bring in more traffic with a now streaming window, then make it available to purchase soon after. And it's not like we'll never see it on the big screen. I'm sure there will be marathons building up to upcoming installments, which could bring in more money, but I'm curious what you think. I remember reading a comment on YouTube when Fast and Furious, the 4th installment, came out, someone asking, Wait, I thought the Asian kid blew up in Tokyo Drift? The title alone was confusing, as if they were rebooting the franchise. Now you could go with that, but they didn't recast or steer away from the previous movies. This is more of a reloaded type of approach. So when we see Han in the fourth installment, it's never displayed on screen when this movie takes place. Over time, we learned or at least figured out that it was a prequel to Tokyo Drift. But surprisingly, not the only one. Fans wanted to see more of Han, and while he was featured in the opening heist, his character was sent off right after it. Mentioning Tokyo, but apparently he didn't go there right away. So fast forward, was a good title. To Fast Five, and they bring back not only Han but some other fan favorites. Mia learns she's pregnant, and her and Brian's baby is born in the beginning of Furious Six. So we get an idea of how much time there was in between these installments. But then that team reassembles again, including Han. At the end. He finally goes to Tokyo after losing Giselle, and the credits scene introduces Deckard Shaw, who is in the silver car targeting Han. While Furious 7 ties up the link with the Tokyo Drift storyline, Brian and Mia's son Jack is already a toddler, so the gap between 6 and 7 didn't really make sense. Seemed instant, then, like a couple of years had passed. The gap between 8 and 9 will be determined by how old Brian and Mia's second child is. As always, thank you all for listening. Be sure to leave a voice message and some comments. The Forever Fast podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Clips on YouTube. If you'd like to sponsor an episode, leave a voice message with your info or comments, and I'll send you my contact info. And check out my Fast and Furious stash at fastfuriousfanatic.wheatly.com. Packed with original screenplays, cool photos, and more. There are links to my social media there as well. We'll see you next time. Ride or die.